So I've been out trying to fish in Idaho, catching nothing because of the late snowfall, heavy snowfall this year, and unreasonably high, dirty, nasty snowfall waters that people have fished 20, 30 years, whereas that haven't seen. But I was so loud being near the river, there was no amount of anything I could do to the recordings to make them work out without sounding extremely terrible and weird. So I came back into town today to do this one and answer a couple questions to get caught up. And then I have a plan for where I'm going so I can get some of these others out and scheduled. But to cover a few things, because uh, I haven't even looked up the news yet, I just got in town this morning waiting to go into a Home Depot. One of the recent things on the news I got a message about, a few messages, was about uh, President Donald Trump and this trial he didn't go to. It wasn't a criminal trial. It was a civil deal where he was found not guilty of rape, which was her charge, and then liable of sexual assault and defamation. Uh, the defamation thing, I don't know enough about how the rules work. I've heard of defamation cases. I mean, seeing the statement he made, I'm, I guess it probably qualifies. It was New York. I don't know. As far as the sexual assault thing, I thought the way I read it was that wasn't even her issue. That was never brought up. It was just solely rape. And maybe in those situations, if that's how it worked out, they can say sexual assault. But the thing is, if you've listened to any of my stuff before, if you go back and take the written transcript of her statement telling that story and compare it to all the things I've showed you that are deception, there's a couple dozen very obvious things in there. Like it, there's so much practiced and just fake statements, deception stuff in there. There's no question that she's lying. Best case scenario is she ran into him, had a conversation one time, and maybe he said something she found inappropriate that gave her a reason to tell her friends about it. Or perhaps he did touch her, and I don't mean in a sexual or negative way or an assault way, or un, but maybe an unwelcome, uncomfortable way, like put his hand on her back as possible. That's as far as I would go, reading that statement, because there's so much lying in there, beyond deception to just lying. There's no reason to do it if there's any truth to the story. Some of the highlights I'll give you, though, with that example. She didn't think, and even now really doesn't think, that she was raped, despite her court case where she got a lot of money. She had to have a friend tell her. And I don't understand, based on what her job was at the time, as a, like a sexual advice columnist, she didn't understand what any form of rape was or what some people will call rape but people would argue isn't. You know, that's unreasonable. There's a lot of things in her story about saying, I don't remember this. I don't remember how the doors were. You know, I don't know why there wasn't an attendant there when there's always attendants in those stores and because it's a high-end store. And I, I don't remember what section of the store this was or what floor. All these weird things. Those are all statements she's making to get ahead of, like, cross-examination that would attack her credibility. She's suggesting or saying that because it's been almost 30 years, she can't possibly remember this, but that actually attacks her credibility of the story. And here's the other thing. Despite what you see on movies and TVs, if you've seen stuff like this, people that have trauma, especially this specific type of trauma, tend to remember a high amount, an almost unreasonably amount of details even years later that are then proven to be true. That's like a known. So it's unreasonable and unreliable, generally speaking, for a person well beyond 80% of the time to say all these things they don't remember about the specific situation, but they do remember the details in these situations. And if you look at the order in which she, how she tells them, the, the things she says that they have to be in a logic, in a chronological s sequence, but not in a logical storytelling manner in like the prologue thing. Like she does two of them. 
she does a prologue thing in the middle of it like she does a prologue starts to tell the story then does a prologue again before walking through the steps of what was being called an assault and not a rape and here's the crazy thing read her story it doesn't matter who you are that's rape so why is it they didn't get rape and they got sexual assault because it's not sexual assault it's rape the reason i think and i'm this is just a hypothesis being a liberal place in new york probably not a lot of people there that like him anymore he made a statement and he he kind of screwed this up in his definite definite or what's it called deposition walking through it but he did do it on an interview with like cnn where explained what he'd said i said this type of thing happens when you're this type of person he never said he did that he wasn't specifically asked that so he wasn't dancing around it and people know that it became a very famous statement people know that about him now it's right up there with you know i did not have sex with that woman type statement not the deceptive manner but just it's a statement that will always be known that that was him who made it people know that and it's I think it's reasonable any group of people would say, you know what, I don't believe her story, which they shouldn't. But I think it's reasonable something happened or he's done this before, so this is a good opportunity to make him pay for it. Now, I have nothing to back that up. Just, that seems like how that would play out because I don't understand how that story goes from not rape to sexual assault. It's that, that's crazy to me. I imagine there's tons of lawyers that have already ripped this apart and looked at it and said why she's not a credible witness. Like that lady who went up against Kavanaugh, who was not a credible witness who lied her ass off. She looks like a genius, like a rock star compared to this lady. And I, the real crime to me is that she got paid a bunch of money, millions of dollars. Another one I got asked about, and this was uh, sent to me before I went out for like three weeks or so, but I didn't see it. It was about the TikTok thing. The last thing I remember was it was going to go before Congress in some sort of hearing. I'm sure by now that's happened and it's probably still being used in this country. What I can tell you is I've mentioned this before. It's arguably a surveillance platform definitely used for intelligence collection. China, which is huge on facial recognition, needs to build up that database doing things like, can't remember what it was called, but getting into the emotional recognition stuff that they're claiming works. There's also, I talked about the security systems and stuff with cameras and different technologies coming from China that places in like Australia and Great Britain and like, oh no, we need to get rid of this. They've found things. Not to mention all the stuff with artificial intelligence and they're, they're also a big player in that. Even think back to like, what was it, Qualcomm? Was it Qualcomm? Whatever phone, Huawei. It was Huawei when we kept bringing Huawei phones into this country because of surveillance, collection, intelligence, collection stuff that's on there. That's what this is about. And I've been talking about the TikTok thing since before it was released that that's what the whole thing was about. So looking at that, somebody almost backed into me, some idiot. So looking at that, that's what this the, the whole discussion's about. So if that went, probably did go in front of Congress, and they're talking dumb things like whether or not it was um, First Amendment stuff or whether or not kids should be on it or whatever. I just wanted to say that the thing to understand about that is that's just right for a left about how politics, stupid arguments like that, nothing of any matter that's just a political game. I, I don't know if they, anybody talked about it seriously like that. I think the real question for those politicians to say is, to look at is, some of them are going to be on committees to get information or hear about stuff. Is it reasonable that they think with all the stuff going on in China they talk about now, 
do they think there's an intelligence platform? Do they think they're collecting this information? Do they understand the amount of stuff that's coming through this? Have they seen intelligence reports have been written about it? Then yeah, they should look at that and then decide, do they think it's important enough to get rid of it? But that's what the real issue is about. It's not about all the other little fluff and political stuff arguing with each other. That's all for show or just part of the theater, I think, that comes in when you start running into the election time. It's just dumb to me. But that's what that's really about. The other one was I got a message from a guy. You're a listener, and you were talking about traveling with a firearm. That was your question. You called it long, short story long. Talking about uh, the hassles of traveling with a firearm in an airplane and then not wanting to leave a firearm in your hotel room and the different places you travel and what the environments are like. And then an industrial plant where you can't have the policies, you can't have a firearm in the parking lot, which I imagine is one place. It might be multiple places. So there's things to look at and alternatives. One of the biggest issues to understand is that, yeah, it can be a hassle to fly with a firearm. I don't know that it's, some people think that's meant so you don't do it. I think it's more of a security thing. You could consider the possibility of when you're flying, what freedom do you have in your time schedules? Can you show up at a time period several hours early when there's almost nobody there? You can get through the line quickly. It's unlikely anybody that you know is going to be traveling with you and you can do that. But that's a hassle, you know, and you got to worry about your bags. And I get it, uh, probably driving places at times. And you said, well, you know, I don't want to leave it in a hotel room. I get that. And even unless you're in a really nice high-end hotel room, it's unlikely that they have a safe or a good safe. And a lot of those safes aren't that secure. You could actually sit in a hotel room, get on the YouTube and find out how to break into some of those safes or reset them. So I get that. You know, you don't want to leave it in there. I don't do that. So then obviously you put it in some sort of bag, put it in your car, but then your concern is the places you go, you're not allowed to have it in your car. So as far as having the firearm, I don't suggest breaking any rules, but the only ones that would be workable in your favor, but could become a huge issue would be having it in your vehicle, even though it's in that parking lot. A few reasons for that. The reason companies write policies like that so you can't have it in the parking lot is because they can't really say you can't have that in your vehicle because they can't dictate that. But they can dictate it can't be on the property or in the parking lot. So that's where they kind of give a gray area that's completely legal. But the thing is, how do they know it's in your car? Well, unless you totally screw up and let somebody in your car, there's always a possibility that you say something to the wrong person, think you trust somebody, whatever reason. Somebody goes, oh, Bob's got a gun in his car. So that problem comes up. So issues you run into. Let's say the company wants proof. Well, they have no right to search your vehicle and you don't have to allow them. And they're not going to call the police, not if they have a brain in their head, because the police aren't going to search your vehicle either for several reasons. One, they either need a warrant or probable cause. And at probable cause, they would need other things to go along, especially with suspect being suspected of a crime. And having your ve- uh, weapon in your vehicle on a property that has that policy is not a crime. They would have to have reason to believe that it was at least being stored improperly in a state where they would actually try to push for that, which is probably very rare in your situations. And then what are they going to do? Fire you without cause because it's, there's no proof. So that could be a legal case. And all you have to do is deny it. Probably don't want to put yourself in that situation, but the likelihood of that situation is probably just as far up there as the likelihood of ever having a shooting situation. They're very rare, extremely rare movies and TV shows definitely outplay how long they are. So that's something to look into. But alternatives you can consider are uh, non-lethal. So 
Um, things like pepper spray, can you carry those? Or is that something you can have? Can you fly with that, tasers or stun guns? Can you fly with those? Probably not. But if you drive, can you have those items? And can you carry them? Remember, each state has different laws, especially on tasers and stun guns, just like firearms. Pepper spray, typically not as much, but you still want to look that up too and know how you can carry it, how you can have it, how much volume can it be, how much voltage can it be. You also need to find out too, because some of those places require licensure or certification, some sort of training with them. So that comes into play. Not to mention that one of the things you'll find out when you try to buy these items, whether it's on Amazon or eBay or some other uh, distributor company that has a website, certain items they won't ship to certain states because of the rules there. And that will cue you in on the idea that they're up to par with some of the state laws. And so that has to be looked into too. The other things to consider is Statistically, it's far more likely for a physical altercation that ends up in what you call a fight other than anything with a weapon. You know, unless you're in a bar, which can be very dangerous. Those are dangerous fights. But it'd be more likely you'd be in the street, something happens, and somebody puts their hands on each other, and you end up fighting. You know, what's your physical fitness level? What's your ability to deal with those situations? Or more importantly, let's look at some of the other stuff, like I talk about on here, that predicates all that. Situational awareness, following your gut and the feelings there, realizing something might be wrong and avoiding it, looking for potential threats and avoiding those situations or having ways out before they even occur in order to make sure they don't happen. You know, paying attention to your environment, not being a target, not standing out, not being around the people that do that. Your willingness to pull into a parking lot where you're supposed to meet people for tacos and margaritas and say, this doesn't feel right and going back to the hotel and just telling them you're not coming. That's a far better situation to deal with than getting into trouble or losing your job or happen to get in a con- convert confrontation and then using some non-lethal thing and finding out, yep, you did everything right, except for in this state, you can't have or use that or carry it without this training. Or you did everything right, but the voltage on that is over the limit for this state. Now you're convicted of a crime so those are many things to look at and yeah it does suck traveling especially with firearms can be an issue but you definitely want to have those laws and things down and understand them before you get there and really take a look at the laws when it comes to non-lethal stuff so i hope that works out for you that's the best advice i got for you but you're kind of got to go on your own and what you're willing to deal with like in the military, we used to say, you know, what your rank can handle. And that's kind of the decisions you got to look at. 